0: Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON.
1: Yeah, I want to ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing I'm more than net. Girl, you went shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. No, my looking clean.
0: Like a ding. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and joins me on the line, a very special guest, uh, my guy Big Pooh from the legendary rap group, Little Brother. How you doing today, Pooh? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. It's not a problem, man. I, I, I appreciate you for, you know, num- number one, always, uh, you know, putting on for, for, for the black man across America. I got a chance to actually uh, meet you at your uh, D.C. concert. And when I say that, it was like straight up black excellence in the building. You know what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of old school players in there with disposable income. You know what I'm saying? Getting, <laughs> getting drinks, having a good time, man. It was a, it, it was a great experience. <laughs> Definitely, man. It was real festive. I had a lot of family in the building. So it's, it's always special when I get to uh, come home and perform in the D.C. area. Exactly, and I feel like uh, a lot of people out there, you know, when when you hear Little Brother, you know, you associate Little Brother with uh, the state of North Carolina, and I know that uh, you and uh, Fonte met at uh, uh, NC Central, but, you know, you actually are a DMV representative, so I wanted to give you this opportunity to, you know, let the world know about your, your D.C. sports fandom and how, and how deep it really runs. Yeah, man, I grew up in, in Alexandria in, in Fairfax County, I uh, went to high school at South Lakes High School, home of Grand Hill. Uh Crispy Winter Scott. Um, she she coaching at South Lakes right now. And um, yeah, man, I I I I bleed D C sports, man. Like, you know, people always ask me who's my favorite teams, and when I name the D C teams, they always be like, What? Like it 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 'cause they just they just associate me with North Carolina, but the only the only time I venture off from a D.C. sports team is um, college football. Uh, I grew up, you know, college football isn't, don't really run the D.C., Northern Virginia area. So all we got on a consistent basis was Notre Dame. So I ended up becoming a Notre Dame fan. But other than that, it's Redskins, Wizards, it's Capitals, it's uh, Georgetown, it's Maryland, it's the Orioles. I don't cheer for the Nationals because – they would have Montreal exposed when I was growing up. But other than that, it's, you know, though, that's that's where my heart lies, my sport allegiance, it, it lies right there. Yeah, man, and I completely respect it because, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, even, even famous rappers got to find time to, you know, downtown to watch sports. And, I mean, and you're a real live fan, like, you know what I'm saying, you, 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 you live tweeting the games, you know, just like just like everybody else. Who, who I don't know how you find time to, you know, live tweet and watch these games while – you know what I'm saying? You know what i saying? We're recording that 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 May the Lord watch, which was which was a banger of an album I have to say for two thousand nineteen. So, you know what I'm saying you you you're working miracles definitely, man, by by, <laughs> by by finding the time to do all of that, man. I don't know how you do it. That's my that's my, my escape. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I just got back into playing video games again and you know, but sports is my escape. Um I can watch sports and not think about anything but what I'm watching, so when I get the opportunity, man, I'm I'm blessed to do what I do, so I get the opportunity to really watch a lot of games and for basketball I, I don't watch a lot of live games because it's just the timing of it. So like even last night, um I came in, I got in the house at like three in the morning and then I watched a replay of the Wizards game to just so I could see. I, I don't go on any sports pages, I won't go on Twitter, I won't go on Inst- I won't go on anything until after I watch the game so I can watch it and experience it like i was watching it in real time yeah man and and last night's Wizards game was was definitely uh interesting uh if if not so much for like the the play that was going on in between the lines but even more so for uh the the comments that Bradley Bill made uh after the game and so we we're, we're going to get right into that um after so, you said you went back and rewatched the the, the Chicago Bulls game. So you see that the, the the Wizards fell to the Bulls for the second time this for year. Second, yes. Yeah, exactly. And the Bulls, man, you know, so they they, they ain't really all that. So you know, I can understand Bill's frustrations when the team keeps uh, losing to you know teams that are very much comparable to them. Um, first, let's start with uh, yesterday's game and Bill's comments. What, what what are your feelings about Brad being so frustrated? with the team, you know, losing to these games and what he called was a winnable game. I I definitely feel his frustration and I I just wonder, you know, I don't know Brad, but obviously, but uh I was I just wonder if his frustration is more with himself. Because you know, and I know you've been you've been you've been on them tough, you've been riding them this year and I agree with you in a lot of ways um it, it just feels like the offense have more flow when he's not there. And I don't know if that's a product of him and his high usage or and, – and, and within that, the, the other players start spending time watching him as opposed to cutting and, you know, going for the open spaces. So I, I definitely feel his frustration. I just – if if it is him being more frustrated with himself, I, I wish he would have said that because the guys, even though it was a small sample size, I mean they was out there running a, a, a G League roster for games, and they had more continuity in their play. Than what they have when Bill comes in, and um, and that's not the same thing about Bill as a player. We all know he's a, he's a very good player, but it's just it's just something is just off with the way they play without Bill versus the way they play with Bill. And and they gotta they gotta figure it out because well he's gonna to continue to be frustrated until Wall get back so he, he has to it, it something has to get figured out to where the end of the game continuity is better he he's better within the offense of um, you know lowering his usage rate and and just working more within the offense. I, I look at Kevin Durant as a perfect example and not comparing, you know, the players they are to each other, but how Kevin Durant scores within an offense and still ends up being one of the highest scores in the game and doesn't have a high usage rate. Like, he's very efficient, and Bradley Beal has the ability to be the same way. And I, I just, I, it's just some some disconnect there with their offense with Bill on the floor versus when he isn't on the floor. And I, you know, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But I can see, like anybody else can see, it doesn't run the same when he's in there. So, like, you know, back to the original point, I know the frustration is there. I just wonder if the frustration is more with himself versus whole team because they weren't playing like that wasn't there. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, from – so from my perspective, his comment, that that was like my initial reaction, that I think that, that Bill is definitely getting frustrated with himself because, you know, he's not playing up to the expectation that he had for himself coming into this season. And so when you look at last year, um, you know, or over the, the last two seasons, you know, Bill has – he made his first two All-Star games. Um, but in reality, like, this is his first year coming into the season – where he was like the quote-unquote the guy for the team. And so when you look at, you know, him coming in with all that expectation heaped on him, not only like as for his own individual accolades as far as, you know, him wanting to continue his streak of all-stars and, you know, take that next step to become an all-NBA player, you know, he's also looking at it from a perspective that, you know, he has to do the things that the leading guy does. So, you know, whereas I think that, in years past where he had Wall, you know, he would be very focused on, all right, let me just come out. Like, I I, I know that I could do more, but my job is to come out and, and drop these buckets and, you know, shoot a high clip from the three-point range and, you know, and, and, and really kind of steady the offense in, in a way. But this year, like, it's like he's coming out, and instead of him trying to play within the flow of the offense, you know, there is a, a little bit of a semblance of a hero ball there where where Bill kind of you know they, they 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 could play well for you know three quarters and then they'll get into the fourth quarter and then you know Bill will they they'll stop running as much stuff uh you know they, they'll stop running the, the plays for Burt so or they'll stop running that pick and roll game where he could get the, the ball to uh to Thomas Bryant or or Yan on the on, on those uh, dives to the basket and I think that he's just becoming a little bit frustrated. Uh, with the fact that, you know, it's really not going how he would like it to go. But I, I do think that, I mean, yesterday's those comments, I'm with you 100% where I just wish he would have – it, it would have been all fine if he would have just said, you know what, man, I got to do better, I got to be better, I'm the leader of the team, you know, this loss is on me. But, you know, he didn't – he kind of insinuated that, you know, he was frustrated, and then he used that word that, that uh, you know, Wizards Twitter really gets uh, – and a tizzy about, and that's a uh, culture, culture culture change, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like I really I don't understand. Like now, now maybe there could be some underlying things going on here, but from uh, from my perspective, as somebody who's been around the team, like through training camp and going to practices and stuff like that, like Bill has been an exemplary uh, leader. You know, when it comes to changing the culture uh, under uh, Tommy Shepard. And so, you know, I I would think that, you know, this, this this like those comments from yesterday is much to do about nothing, but at the end of the day, the only person who really has control over, you know, whether the Wizards win or lose and if they can uh, you know, increase their play is, is Bradley Beal. So, I don't know what what are some of the things you think that 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 Beal could uh do better to help himself, to help the, his teammates and and to to help the team win more games because I mean, they've been in a lot of these games. And when you talk about, you know, they got two losses to the Bulls. One of those was when they blew an 18-point lead with four minutes left. Uh, They got four losses to the Orlando Magic, who, you know, they're definitely no world beaters. They've lost to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, they've lost a, a, a handful of games that, you know, quiet as it's kept, if they could have won, you know, three or four of those games, you know, they would be right there with the Bulls in that ninth spot in that ninth uh seed, you know, fighting for a playoff position and with the Nets. And we see that Kyrie's already coming in, getting ready to blow that team up. So they might be dropping out. <laughs> it might be a spot there. So what, what 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 do you think that Bill could do to 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 help hit not only his situation, but help the team's situation? Uh, before I get to that, I, I, you know, when, when he said culture, I, I just thought about this. When he said culture, it may be the culture he's speaking of may be, uh, what you just referenced, how they can compete against winning teams and then fail constantly against teams that they realistically should be beating. Um, that might be the culture he's speaking of because they've been known that's the Wizards team we've all grown to know and despise for however many seasons they've been that type of team. So um, as far as culture, he could be speaking of that because he's been there for the duration of where the Wizards have been known to come out and compete against the top teams in the NBA, and then when you get to the lower half of the NBA, they come out and lay eggs. So um so that's that. But speaking of what he can possibly do to uh to to help the team, I think part part of it is lower his usage rate. Um I don't like him handling the ball as much as he does. I know he has the ability to do it. I just I don't I think when he gets the ball, things kinda stop. It's, it's almost like he's turned into a ball stopper. Um, he dribbles a lot, trying to probe the defense. And, you know, his, I think this year his assists are the highest he's been his whole career. But a lot of them plays, he makes, he's making them for himself. And I think if he allows the offense to flow the way it's supposed to flow, he can still get his, but he doesn't have to – have the ball in his hands as much, but that's also partly on Scott Brooks. Um, and that—that that was going to be my next uh, response right there. Go ahead. R- running, running. The problem starts with he—he kills me with his substitution patterns, and I, he. Oh my God, I, I despise those. But when you have an IT out there who isn't a distributor, who can't go to the lane, who doesn't play defense who's hurting your offense as well if he's not getting open jumpers and making them. Bill has to turn into the distributor when he's on the floor with IT. And I think that's, that's caused some regression in Bill's game because when Ish Smith is on the floor, all Bill really has to do is do what Bill used to do. Yeah. Come off the screens, come off the pin downs and, he can get buckets that way because Ish does a great job at probing and running the offense. But I believe Bill has gotten into the bad habit of running with it, therefore needing and feeling like I have to do more because I know this guy is going to do less, and and that's on Brooks not allowing Troy Brown, who's better off the bench. We can you know we can all agree on that but not allowing him more freedom to run as a distributor because he's actually good at it with Bill on the floor sometimes. So, I mean, taking the ball out of Bill's hands a little bit will allow his game to go back to what we've known it to be. I think he'll become more efficient, again, in his three-point shooting. I think he'll become more efficient from the floor, and I think that it also help free up of Bretons more? Because watching the game last night, it's like Bretons couldn't get free. How can Bretons not get free with Bradley Bill and McCray on the floor? Like, you have three scores and the shooter can't get free? It was, it was amazing to see. So I, I just believe lowering, lowering the amount of time he has the ball in his hands will change the Wizards' offense and how they run completely. But that starts with Brooks. In his substitution pattern, and that's having Ish on the floor more with Bill as opposed to Isaiah. I think Isaiah need to be on the floor more with Troy Brown. So I mean, Troy Brown can be turned into the distributor, and Isaiah can turn into the scorer. And I, I, I think Brooks need to go back and flip it. And I believe the teams will run a lot. And the team will flow a lot better that way, and Bad will be, become more efficient in, in, at the same time. Yeah, man. Look at you out here man, making just too much sense, man. This is this, this is something that I think uh, it's a strategy that I believe is staring you, is staring me, is staring a lot of Wizards fans in the face. But it seems the only person, the the the, the last person to really get the memo is Scott Brooks because you know, it, I mean, literally Isaiah Thomas at this point. First of all, Isaiah Thomas has never really been a a ball distributor. And so when you look at, you know, him playing on the court with Bill, you know, uh, it, it really not only does that diminish what Bill can do, but it diminishes what IT can do because, yep. you know, IT is not the type of guy to just sit around and stand and watching, him uh, trying, to, trying, to, trying to, you know, catch and shoot. Like, you know, he's a guy, he's, he is, I wouldn't say he's dynamic with the ball in his hands at this point in his career, but he still can do some things. And so I think that if you have like the, the 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 solution that you came up with, I agree wholeheartedly with. Like I would prefer if they just straight started Ish Smith and had Ish and uh, Bill kind of uh, run run the offense. Uh, and Ish, you know, he's he's like really gotten. Uh, I mean, this is probably the best season of his career so far. And when, when you talk about him being able to probe the defense, you know, he's kind of perfected. That, that that Steve Nash move where he'll dribble go all the way through the lane, come out the other side, and either find his own shot or you know be able to distribute to teammates. And I think that that's something that Bill will greatly benefit from because he's not getting those same open looks that he got uh, uh, when, when when John Wall was there. And so when you look at you know his three point percentage was steadily decreasing over the years. Like you know I mean th- we're, we're talking about a guy who you know who people compare to Ray Allen you know, uh, coming out of uh, college. And, you know, for the first four or five years of his career, that comparison was looking like more than valid. But, I mean, his uh, three-point shooting percentage is down to, I believe, like, what, 32%, 30% for for, for the season? I mean, and, you know, that's not because, you know, somebody just magically took his powers away. You know, Bill can still shoot. It's about, you know, maximizing uh, him getting open shots. And so if if you were to take – and put him into the starting lineup, I believe that that would help Bill be able to get uh, those open looks that he's accustomed to. And I believe that if Isaiah Thomas were to go to the bench, I think that they will be a good pairing uh, for him to play with a guy like Troy Brown, who is an excellent rebounder for his size, so he can actually cover up for some of the deficiencies that Isaiah Thomas has while he's on the floor. But also Troy Brown is a great distributor too. And so he's a guy where – you know he comes out and he's not necessarily looking for his shot to start out games. So you he you can come out, run a little bit of the offense. You know, uh, run run some pick and rolls, and next thing you know, you end up with Isaiah Thomas taking open shots, and he's still a fairly decent uh, jump shooter. So you know th- this is something that I believe that that, that Scott Brooks can can definitely uh, help out the team with by just making just a few minor adjustments, and so when you look at Bill and his comments from yesterday, and like I said, I can say that I think that, you know, he's frustrated with himself, but, you know, nobody's actually in Brad's head. So, you know, I think that, you know, this is at a point where like it's becoming a, a little bit of a, a crisis of leadership. And I, I don't want this to kind of boil over to where Bill's frustration uh, 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 becomes a little bit larger than what it necessarily has to be. No, and I agree. And I, I, I think that, you know, if I just all like all we can do is put ourselves in his in his in his shoes and how will we, you know, think how how will we or what would we think if we were in his shoes? And I, I like I said I believe some of the frustrations are with himself. Some of the frustrations are with how it, it could be with Scott Brooks substitution patterns. Uh you know, it, it could be a, a whole you know barrage of things that we don't know about, and I just see you know when I watch games, I just see that it's an easier way to do some of these things and I don't know how I see it, and the coach of a professional basketball team don't see it, and I'm not talking about' X and o x's and o's here I'm mean, this is simple eye test stuff that anybody can see and um i i like, so I just think it would greatly help Bill if. You know, uh, Scott Brooks made just a few adjustments with his lineup and how he staggers players. And I know right now they're going through a phase of trying to work people back into the lineup, you know, that's coming off injury, Burchands, uh Brad, uh, Bryant. So trying to work them back into the rotation. And then so they're on limited minutes and then trying to figure out how to stagger those minutes, which Scott Brooks has never been great at doing. And then for, you know, still running IT out there for all the minutes. You know, his minutes actually been, you know, getting pulled back. But running him out there. And I, I think the Wizards are going to go through an adjustment period of trying to ref out their rotation. Because you had these guys that were playing big roles when all of the players were hurt. And they were playing well. And now it's like, now you got to take that time back from them to put your top you know, six, eight players back because, you know, uh, Roy not even back yet. So, exactly. He's going to get minutes, trust me, I promise he, you. And he's <laughs> going to get minutes. Mo Wagner's going to get minutes when he come back. So, you have all these different things going on. But what they can do right now is swap out Smith for IT in the starting lineup and let let that, you know, see how that works with Bill to get him back to playing more like he played with John as opposed to how he feels he has to play now. And that's hero ball when I don't believe he has to work. that, Like, that's always been my one main detraction of Kobe Bryant is that he worked so hard for his shot too much. And he shouldn't have had to work that hard for his shot. And I believe the same thing for Bill, like, You shouldn't have to work as hard as you work for your shot. And if an adjustment is made to the lineup and he makes the mental adjustment to not handle the ball as much as he does, I believe that he can get back to becoming more efficient as a scorer and he'll reach that all-star level again. And he'll be you know, getting to the point where he's reaching that all-NBA level because he's not playing like an all-NBA player this year. And he's barely playing like an all star player this year. I'm and... I'm glad you're able to keep it real, man. Because <laughs> you start saying some of this stuff, and Wizards Twitter, they 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 get they 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 throw their hands up and make it seem like oh like people people don't like Bill. That's not. I'm a big fan of Brad. Like I I I mean I love his game, but we got we got to really start trying to look at maximizing his potential. And and when you look at Brooks I and mean, his lineup changes, like. He he'll make certain lineup changes like yesterday. Like I think this went under the radar a little bit, but you know that he started Mahimi and Thomas Bryant I, together. Just, yesterday. I was going to get I was going to get to that. I, I was, I was, <laughs> that that Twin Towers move is not the move. Uh, that that was not like if like there there are way more lineup decisions that he could have made <laughs> other than going to that. So I hope that was a grand opening, grand closing moment for Scott Brooks because I I don't, I don't think I could take. Too many uh, watching too many more minutes of, of of Mahimi and Thomas Bryant on the floor, at oh, I, I don't know what that was all about. I, I couldn't even I can't even take to explain that one. Yeah, man, and, and that and that really just threw the spacing off. So you know, like you already talked about Brad's already his usage is up. He, they don't have any really other distributors, so he's got to have the ball in his hands. And then you you throw out two centers that that aren't really good three point shooters and. And and now like the, the, it's clogging up the lane like that's just a recipe for disaster. So ho- hopefully Scott Brooks is you know ho- you know they, they, they hired all these great people with monumental basketball Dean Oliver the analytics expert. I need my man Dean Oliver to uh, to, to 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 slip Scott Brooks a, a sticky note and to let him know that yo know, that that wasn't it. <laughs> that that was not the move, Brooks. <laughs> Yeah, man. But uh, I want to take a quick break, and uh, on the other side of the break, I want to talk about uh, another hot topic among uh, Wizards Twitter right now, and that's what to do with Davis Burton's with the uh, upcoming trade deadline. Yes, indeed. All right, Big Pooh, man. I feel like uh, Bertans was a guy that not a lot of people in Wizards Twitter were uh, very familiar with coming into this season. But I think that he has uh, stolen the hearts of a lot of Wizards fans. because I mean, straight up, I mean, this guy is 6'10", Kyle Corver. And, like, I mean, I, I'm I'm saying, like, I've been watching him shoot. Like, he shoots in practice, he doesn't miss. Like, he can shoot. He pull up from 35 feet. You know, they do, like, shooting games. Uh, after practice uh, with, with, you know, Bertans and Brad and Jordan McRae and these guys. I mean, and Bertans puts on a show. And so I think that, you know, this was uh, definitely one of the great skills that Tommy Shepard as the uh, new GM of the team found when he traded for Bertans from the San Antonio Spurs and he got the guy for literally nothing or the draft rights to Aaron White. I wouldn't call that nothing. But, uh, you know, he he basically acquired them for an asset that the Wizards were probably never going to really be able to turn over. And so now that gives them a lot of flexibility at the trade deadline because, I mean, you look at, you know, all of these contending teams and, you know, if you look at uh, 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 potential trades, every team is out here thinking about how they could try to get Davis Berton on their roster. Now, let, let, let's put on your uh, – you, you take off your rapper Big Pooh hat for a second if we're going to put on your, your Wizards GM hat. If you were Tommy Shepard, how would you handle this davis Bertans situation? I'm holding on to Davis to the end of the year. Um, I believe Davis has expressed his interest in staying. Davis-Bertons is the perfect player that you want running with a healthy John Wall and a healthy Brad Bill. Uh, you're going to spend... However many draft picks searching for somebody that can shoot like a despert Somebody that we found out is more than just a shooter. He he can actually, you know, he went to the baseline and yammed on somebody the other night. Um he he knows spacing, he can handle the ball a little bit, he know how, he knows his angles, he actually plays good position defense. So you have this player at twenty-seven years old that's what you want exactly what you want and need on the team, why do you trade him away for a middling first-round pick, possibly in a weak draft, or a second-round asset that you're rolling the dice on when you have something guaranteed? And I do all I can, which it seems they've been doing, to to, to keep Davis Bertans in the house. And I believe if I'm Davis, I want to stay because I've come to a team that's retooling, not rebuilding. So they have a chance to actually be really good next season. And they've allowed me to show my whole game. I go to a contender. I'm not showing my whole game. I'm I'm turning back into the guy that's just running to spot up in the corner for threes for my little 15, 20 minutes on the floor. Whereas with the Wizards, I get all the playing time I can ask for. And I know my life gets easier when John Wall comes back, when Rui develops some more. My life becomes very easy. So if I'm Berton and I'm the wizard, I believe as long as they make the money work, which shouldn't be difficult, I believe that it's the perfect marriage. And I'm keeping them. Even if he walks this summer and I get nothing, For that, I'm willing to take that gamble on him because I know what I'm going to get back isn't going to be worth much at at this point. Like Because I don't even know if anybody's going to give you a first-round pick for Bertans. And if they do, like I said, it's going to be in the back end of of a very weak draft. A very weak draft. We don't even know who the top five true prospects are in this draft. Top three, you know, it's it's the the – People are all over the place with you know the top players in this draft. So if the top end is that weak, you already know the back end is going to be weaker. So I, I, I would I would do everything I can to persuade Davis that DC is the place he want to play for at least for the next three seasons. And I believe Davis a bite. And yeah, I'm, he's not going anywhere if I'm the GM. Yeah, I mean, shoot, you, you, you sold it, uh, you sold it very nicely because at the end of the day, you know, these are NBA players and he, Domus Berton didn't grow up, you know, in Latvia wanting to come to the NBA and, and stand in the corner and, you know, not be able to really show what he can do. You know, he had really gotten an opportunity in DC that, you know, he did not get in San Antonio to be able to really showcase his skills, to be able to come out and, and, and get, you know, uh, 25 to 30 minutes on, on a on a consistent basis. He's able to come out here and he got, I mean, when I say the green light, they got the green light. If he come off, if he cross half court and he got a man in his face and he take a three, I mean, Scott Brooks is just going to have to, he's just going to look at him and be like, yeah, man, that was a good shot. Like, <laughs> like, he 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 literally has the greenest of lights. So when you look at, you know, the, the opportunity that he has as far as playing time, um when, when you look at uh the wizards with them with them having you know uh all these expiring contracts coming off the books you know they'll they'll have enough money to pay him somewhere in that you know 12 to 16 million dollar range which i think is definitely worth it for a guy who shoots 46 percent from from three-point range more than and, worth it exactly more than worth it and so and, and then i want to look at like the uh the 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 other when you, when you talk about international prospects like DC is definitely a city that international prospects want to play in just because you know that they, they have he has the Latvian embassy here you know they they have a, a, there's a large eastern european population here um you know there've already been reports that you know he and his wife and his family they like living in DC um you know the uh, the, the guy big ap uh, uh pesignix he's also from latvia and he and Bert Hans shared the same agent. And so I, uh, I think that there is definitely uh, a little inside baseball cooking with, uh, with the move that Tommy Shepard has made, you know, uh, converting uh, AP's contract over from the two-way deal to a regular NBA contract. Uh, in a sense, like that, that that's something that, that sells uh, Bert Hans and his agent even more about, you know, uh, uh, Washington being a great home for the both of them, you know, for, for, for these guys to come here and, and develop as players. And I think that, you know, th- this is where Tommy Shepard uh, separates himself greatly from uh, Ernie Grunfeld in the past where, you know, Ernie was, you know, making a lot of moves where, you know, he he, it, 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 he always seemed to be making these moves uh, where he's finding these proven veteran guys and, and he, he's trying to chase the H C whereas Tommy is a guy who's building relationships with people, and so when 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 you look at Tommy and what he's been able to do as far as bringing in Davis, you know, Tommy has talked to me about he's been scouting Davis since Davis was 16 years old. So, dude, I mean, he knows the player. Davis knows him. He feels comfortable here. And so I feel like, yeah, I, I mean, if, 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 if he leaves an unrestricted free agency, then I think that, you know, something that some other team probably had to come out and, and give him a $24 million offer and then at that point, you know the price is just too high. It's nothing we could do. But all things considered, uh, otherwise, I think that they'll be able to give him comparable money, uh, uh, an opportunity to play, a great uh, living situation for he and his family, and and really all those factors combined, it makes this decision kind of a no-brainer for both he and the uh, the Wizards franchise. Exactly. I, I just don't. I don't see it. The only thing that will be better for him. Is going somewhere and winning the ring, which I believe he already has one. <laughs> so I, I, I can be wrong. I don't have my, my, my computer in front of me, but I believe he may have it already in San Antonio. So I just I just think it's a thing of like you said, everything just fits perfectly for the team and for him and his family. He's going to get the money that you know he 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 will want. You know, like you said, unless somebody comes through and offers him 20 million a season, it's like, hey, man, well, we have fun, but you can't get that. Exactly. There's a line. <laughs> yeah, we can't make that mistake again. So I, I just I just believe that everything is lining up and shaping up for him to be here for multiple seasons past this season. And, and so I'm holding on to him. Um, I don't think, I think this Wizards team that we see is basically going to be the Wizards team that we have for the rest of the year, unless, you know, somebody magically wants to swallow Mahimi's $15, dollars contract. I just think that what we have is what it's going to be. And we have to, Scott has to get back to making sure that he's developing. Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, Mo Wagner, Rui when he comes back, really develop like giving those players minutes so they can learn while on the floor, and and I think that as as they learn more, I, it, it's a thing of Bill and Bill has to, you know that maybe they need to have another meeting of the and say, hey Bill, you know what this year was supposed to be about? I know you don't like losing, nobody does, but you know what this year was supposed to be about, buddy. Like it, exactly, you know. he, he he signed he signed that extension. Uh, they you know they 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 didn't pressure, they didn't put a gun to his head to make yeah, him yeah. sign that extension. You, so. you knew this, you knew this was going to be a tough year. You know, we could start drawing your minutes back, in which they should have been doing in the first place. But you know, his an old management time with Bill. Like, you don't need to be out there running thirty-seven minutes a game every game. That's not what we're doing this year. So I think it's it's, it's things they have to have. I think that Tommy, Bill, Brooks, they they all have to, you know, it's time to reset and get back on the same page and, and and really get back to what this year is supposed to be about. And and I think once they get back to what this year is supposed to be about as an organization, that we can go and continue. Because up until Bill came back from injury, like it was we it was like, yo, the Wizards are fun. We enjoy watching them play. They playing hard. They stinging it up on defense, but they top five scoring offense and the young guys and the G League guys are going crazy. And we need to get back to that because once again, that's what twenty nineteen twenty twenty supposed to have been about for the Wizards. And I just think that because they had some success against you know the Denver and Philly and uh, Boston. I think that, that's fools go. and and you start thinking like, well maybe we can slide into that eighth seed, uh and not saying that you shouldn't still want to make the playoffs, but this year was supposed to have been about developing. Right. And you were gonna lose a lot. And it it's it you're developing and, and I think like I said, I just think they need to have get back have a meeting and get back on the same page of what this year is supposed to be about. Yeah, no, I definitely think that they need to uh, temper some expectations, uh, and, and that comes from having a, a meeting of the minds. Just as you said, uh, yeah, man, your you, your your uh, your GM hat is on point right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with this since since you're uh, coming up with all the right answers here, GM Big Pooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think is the best solution to do with John Wall? Who is you know he he is coming up on that 11 uh, month mark, so. You know, this was a, a supposed to be 11 to 15 month uh, recovery time for him uh, after he tore his uh, Achilles last year, and so I think that you know a lot of people. There's a lot of buzz growing around John Wall right now because you know that he he's working out with the team, he's playing some some three on three and some full court four on four action, and he's looking good. He's showing a little burst. He's doing some reverse dunks here. Uh, how, how would uh, GM Big Pooh? Handle the, the the John Wall situation. Is he is he going to be playing this season, or is, or, or should we be just uh, shelving John Wall in expectation of playing him uh, coming back for next year? What I've always would have, what I, I would have, what I would do with John Wall if I was GM once they didn't get approved for the disability waiver. My thoughts was like, well, if I'm the Wizards, I would let John Wall come back the last couple weeks of the season, and this is why. When you come back from injury, especially a devastating injury like ACL or Achilles, it still, even when you get on the floor and play at NBA pace, it still takes a little while to kind of get your rhythm, get, you know, he's going to have to get readjusted to playing in the NBA game again, you know, getting jitters out, getting really comfortable going full speed on that Achilles. And I think letting him play on very, very low managed minutes, minutes um, the last month of the season or the last couple of weeks of the season will kind of help him knock some of that rust off quicker as opposed to waiting to the beginning of the next season where you're supposed to be going full speed ahead again. So because they didn't get the waiver, I definitely would make a plan to have him come back The last couple weeks of the season, definitely not play any back-to-backs. Definitely don't play him if he feels any discomfort. And just let him slowly come back, work up the lather, get used to the pace of the game again, get used to being on the floor, get used to running. So when he does hit the floor next season, you're running full speed and you don't have to go through some of the rust that he's going to eventually have to go through from being out so long. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and I think that that's just, it's kind of the, the same exact uh, formula that the uh, Indiana Pacers took with Paul George a few years ago when he had that devastating injury when he broke his leg uh, playing with uh, Team USA. You know, people forget that, you know, PG came back and played, uh, you know, the, I think I believe it was about 10 to 15 games uh, at the end of that season. And so, you know, that really helped him. He, and he talked about how, you know, that helped him build up his confidence Heading mm-hmm. into the off season. And so, you know, for a guy like John Wall, like, you know what I'm saying? Not to say that he ever would lack for confidence, but I think that, you know, he would really need a a boost to come out and, like you said, get 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 that good swag, get that good lather, you know, come out here, get a couple uh get a get a couple highlight dunks, get one of those uh signature chase down blocks, put the rest of the league on notice because quite as it's kept there's a lot of disrespect out here coming from national media members you know, saying, you know, John Wall got the worst contract in the league and you mm-hmm. know, all this other stuff. You know, this 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 is I think will be a good opportunity for them to to, to you know, put put everybody else on notice and put the team on notice that, you know, that, that that John Wall, you know, said that, you know, he he's still gonna be a very dynamic, a very good all star level player when he comes back. And I honestly believe that. Like and I'm not saying that because, you know, I, I'm around the team a lot, but I mean, like, the guy, Wall, I mean, he wasn't the number one pick in the draft for, for no reason. Like, he's a freak athlete. So when you look at, you know, comparing his ACL to guys like Brandon Jennings or Chauncey Billups, you know, while he's a great player, you know, he wasn't a great athlete. You know, John Wall, is a, he's different. Like, his body is different. Like, he can do things on the basketball court that, you know, the average point guard should not be able to do. And so, you know, I 100% believe that you know it it just it, there's no harm really especially you know if he's cleared medically by the doctors and like you said no back to back you know put him on a minutes restriction you know let him just come out there and just and just and just be able to build up his confidence i think that that's something that that could go a very long way for not only wall as the player but for the wizards as a franchise and as an organization definitely and it also allows wall time if you get a little 10 15 games it allows you to go into the off season knowing exactly what you need to work on. Because you've yep. had time on the floor playing in real games. So it's like, okay, I, I, I still need to continue to work on my explosion more. Or I need to, you know, just the different aspects of this game that he can get to fine-tuning because he's not recovering from the injury still in the off season because even now, yeah, he practiced and things like that. But until you get out there and actually play the game, you don't truly know where you are in the game. And and I, I, I just believe that them last 10, 15 games, like you said, will help build confidence. I think it will help the team morale, regardless of where they are in the standings, it will help team morale for next year, and it allows John to figure out exactly where he is. Because I believe he needs to know exactly where he is before this season ends. And there's no possible way to know that unless he gets on the floor. And they just need to hold it, into, like I said, hold it into them last 15 games and then let him run out there and and figure it out. And we, the whole Monumental Sports will figure it out at that point. And then we'll know exactly where he is and then we can go into – next season with a better understanding of what this team is and what this team has potential to be. I mean, I'm right I'm right there with you, man. You know they, Hey, Miami Middle Basketball, they out here giving, handing off jobs left and right, man. They need to go ahead and uh, holler at my guy, Dick Poo, because he knows what he's talking about, man. <laughs> I take a job, too. I'm, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Put sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Man. Hey, I want to take a, another quick break, and I'm going to come back for the last segment and we're going to do a, a, a quick look at, at some of these East All Stars and some names that we like, some names that we don't like, and whether we think that Brad will make the cut. All right. All right, now, pool man, we, we, we're going to hit finish strong here with uh, with, with a little uh, NBA East uh, All Star talk. Um, they, they they actually just released the. Uh, some of the, the fan voting uh, again, and Bradley Bill coming in uh, at ninth uh, again. You know, he's got guys like Derrick Rose and, and and, and you know, like Derrick Rose and Zach Levine and, you know, some a couple of other guys who I think are definitely behind him when it comes to, you know, uh, accolades on the court. But there are a few guys that I think that, you know, he, should, he probably should be worried about. Uh, and one of those, uh, surprisingly, is uh, Atlanta Hawks' Trey Young. Um, you know he's coming in very strong with the with the, as the number one uh, vote getter uh, for uh, East guards, and so I, I, I honestly I think that you know you could probably pencil Trey Young in as as one of those All Stars. Uh, Kyrie Irvin, who who is uh, second in East voting uh, as far as the fan voting is concerned, I don't believe that he's going to make the cut just because uh, the fan voting compromises only 50% of the All Star uh, starter votes. And the other 25, uh, other 50 percent is split 25 percent between uh, the the NBA media and another 25 percent between the uh, NBA players. And so I don't think that the the players and media will be voting uh, uh, Kyrie Irving into that other slot. So I think I, I, if it were me, I would be looking at a guy like Kimball Walker uh, with the Boston Celtics with that E slot. Uh, what, what say you about uh, some of these East uh, all-star starting guards? I think the only problem I have with the only two problems I have with players, the two players I have problems with being above Bill and the voting, um, as I'm staring at it right now, is Kyrie Irving and Zach Levine. Levine, Levine. I don't know how you pronounce that, but him. Other yeah. than that. I, I believe I actually believe Derrick Rose is having a very good season. Um, yeah, D. Rose is balling out, man. I got to say So I don't have a problem with him being, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of Bill. Uh, but, I, like I said, I, I don't believe Irvin should be up there and I don't believe Zach should be up there. But I definitely, you know, people love Trey Young. He's actually having a very good season. He's just on a team that isn't very good. Kimball Walker is exactly what Boston needed when he's been able to be on the floor. Uh, we just spoke about Derek Rose. Kyle Lowry is in just the whole Toronto team is surprising people that they're still playing at the clip they're playing at minus Kawhi Leonard, even though it's not going to lead them back to the finals. Um, Jalen Brown is having the, he's turned into almost like the alpha dog. You know, other than Marcus Smart in Boston, which has been amazing to see, um, how we talk about him now more than we talk about Jason Tatum. Uh, ben Simmons still can't shoot, but now Philly. I, this ain't got to do with all. Philly so really need to figure out this Ben Simmons Joel L L B thing because I don't believe they can they can coexist and become a championship caliber team. But that's another conversation, and. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, but he below Bill. So, yeah, I I think you can take two of those names off the list, and Bill would still be be down in the the pecking order. Uh, Just just from watching the different teams play and watching the games, and obviously I know fan voting, they're more familiar with Derrick Rose than they are with Bradley Bill because Derrick Rose, you know, is a former MVP and all those different things. But um, I I, I don't really have a problem. I never had a problem with where Bill was slotted in the East. And and I don't have a problem with Trey Young being the number one guard in the East because he's been playing phenomenal. Like I said, they just have a don't have a team that's very good. But he's been playing phenomenal basketball getting his Steph Curry light on. Um, yeah, yeah <laughs> Steph, Steph Curry light is the perfect way to describe Trey Young. And I'm right there with you. I don't have a problem with him uh uh receiving as many votes and as attention from the fans because I mean people gotta remember first of all the All Star game is a is a, it's like a tribute to the fans. So I mean they obviously they they wanna they they're voting for the guy that they think is going to be the most excited and the guy who they think is going to be able to come out there and put on a good show. And mm-hmm. so you know when when you talk about, you know, putting on a show, like I mean Trey Young put on a show in his warm up, but right? not only let alone on the court. So, you know, I'm I'm right there with you. Um you know, the the the, the Kimba Kimball Walker, like I said, I think that Kimba should probably be the other starter. And so then when you look at the other guard, uh, you know, I, I like Simmons. I like Jalen Brown. And then I think Bradley Bill falls in right under there. I I, I know that Derrick Rose is having a good season, but I'm going to tell you why uh, I think that Bill is going to end up getting the All-Star nod is because people forget that, you know, the coaches are the ones who select the the, the All-Star reserves. And so I'm going to tell you this, I, you know, I go to a lot of the Wizards games and, and and the coaches, they do, uh, you know, pregame availability and, you know, every coach that comes through there, they rave about, you know, Bill and, you know, his maturation as a player and, you know, how they got a game plan towards him. And so when you look at like the fact that the coaches are the ones who have to select uh, who's going to be the all-star, these are the same coaches who are drawing up these double teams and traps and Trapping, they trapping Bill at half court, and you know they're devising uh, a defensive scheme uh, plans to, to specifically try to slow down Bill. So you know, th- I mean, th- this is a guy. I mean, he's got the respect of the coaches. Trust me. So you know, th- these are the guys that you know they're they're game planning against him. So they're 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 gonna they're gonna have enough respect for him, and they're gonna they're gonna probably vote him in. So I wouldn't be worried so much about uh, him uh, losing out. On, on that All Star slot, but I do think that you know, with the with the way that he's been playing as of recently, that he's making it probably a little bit too close for to comfort at this point. The 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 thing that's helping them with Derrick Rose is, I, while I I agree with your point wholeheartedly, the thing I think that's helping him with Derrick Rose is Detroit isn't an enjoyable basketball team to watch play. Exactly. <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> they they aren't enjoyable to watch play. Whereas the Wizards are losing uh, more games than they're winning, but they are an enjoy to watch 95% of the time. So, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with your point. I I know, I believe that Bill is going to make the All-Star game. Um, like you said, this, it's, it's very close for comfort, but I I think a lot of people attribute the struggles that he's having just to the Wizards being a quote-unquote bad team. Um, And I think people who do that are people who just might see a couple highlights or look at the record or look at the names on the roster as opposed to, you know, me watching every game, you watching every game, watching practice and shoot around. So I think that, you know, the way the national media is going to look at it is that Bill is just on a terrible team. Uh, whereas we look at it as, Bill, you should be doing more by doing less. Uh, and, and the team will actually end up being way better than they are. Um, so I, I definitely think he's going to end up making, making the All-Star game. Um, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be close. It's going to be very close, but I, I definitely think he's going to end up making it. Yeah. It, it's going to be, it's going to be real close, but. You know, like, like I said, man, I, I think I think that he has, you know, forget like like I said, I I going to keep harping on this. I want to emphasize this again because I mean, this is something that I definitely noticed. Like, I mean, the coaches, the respect that they have for Bradley Bill, you know, they you know they they talk about him like like he's James Harden, like you know, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like and they and 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 the quiet just kept, you know, they they kind of give him some of that treatment like he's James Harden too. So and I think you know going back to the conversation that we had in our first segment, you know that might also be a part of the problem with you know Bill and his uh, his comfortability factor with trying to navigate his way through you know being the man. You know this is his first time really seeing you know these type of you know uh, uh, trap defenses where they, you know they're, they're literally keying in on him to make sure that you know he's not uh, beating them. So and, and that's even more of a reason why. You know that he needs to go ahead and let that ball go. Sometimes, if you know that his defense is they coming out here and they trapping you at half court, man, you just gotta hit. You gotta hit that pass. You gotta hit it on time so that the next person can hit a pass and another skip pass. Next thing you know, you ended up with an open bird time three. Like that's that's good offense right there. <laughs> and, and that and that's why I always put some of that responsibility on the Brooks because if you see that and you know that, then it's time for you to do the right thing and. Put Ish Smith in that star lineup and run with Bill to make life a little easier. And Bill can get back to coming off them pin downs, them curls, them screens, them even though the Wizards on a great screening team. Yeah. Them DHLs, <laughs> them dribble handoffs, man. I need you. Yeah. That, man. yeah. I, miss, I miss Gortat, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still different things you can do by taking the ball out of his hands, and that will prohibit the double team and the traps. Because he's not putting the ball on the floor as much because you, you're not double teaming the trap somebody coming off of a pin down screen because you're gonna leave the person setting the screen open under the hoop. So it you just alleviate a little bit more of that pressure by taking the ball out of his hands a little bit more every game as opposed to letting him as ball dominant as he's been. And but like you said, the coaches definitely respect him because they're trapping him. They're trapping him heavy. Yeah, and real real heavy. He He's saying <laughs> some stuff he ain't saying before.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I
0: mean, I, I'm assuming he, he didn't know what was coming, but he had to expect that something was going to change because everybody knew coming into the season that he was the guy. And um, his team has – the players on his team have started to do a good job of, you know, becoming – I mean, they still was one of – uh, they still the high scoring team with Bill out, so the the you have the players that can still put points on the board. You just have to allow them to be the players that it can be. And like I said, it all starts with him coming off the ball. Hey you man, I I, I like it. I like it, man. You look at that, man. man. Big Pooh knows knows the rap game. Big Pooh knows basketball, man. We start giving you the Bo Jackson treatment, man. <laughs> and man, but I, I greatly appreciate you for coming on and and, and letting the people know your your, your wealth of basketball knowledge. Uh, and I'm going to do uh, as I do with every guest on on the podcast. I'm going to give you this opportunity to to kind of uh, plug yourself and plug your social media and let the people out there know where they can find you, Big Pooh. Definitely. You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Rapper Big Poo. Uh, And then um, you'll find me from state to state, city to city this year. Little Brother made a little watch. Album is available right now. And we're coming to a city near you. Um, We have new tour dates up. You can go to littlebrothernc.com and see all the new tour dates. We're still adding tour dates. And other than that, you can catch me online, more than likely, talking about sports. Yeah, man, I love it, man. Like I said, and if anybody out there is listening, you could definitely go check out Little Brother, man. I got a chance to go check them out at the historic Howard Theater. And, they, and like like I said, they put on a great show. The best words I can use to describe it is is black excellence. And so, you know, as, as a guy who's been a fan, I remember, you know, listening to the Minstrel show and that O.K. Player, you know, back in the day. So, you know, we, we, my, my love goes deep. That, that loving it is still a, a track that I keep in rotation to this day. So you know, man, man. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, keep doing. Many blessings to you and Fonte, man. On, on every y'all doing it's the world is a better place. You know, with, with little brother putting out music. So you know that made a Little watch was was a classic, and I and I think that you know all the Locked on Wizards fans. If, if y'all not familiar with the work, man, go check it out. Uh, it, it, it's it's um it's, it's it's real rap, rapidly rap, like so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate you for coming on, man, and and we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Thank you for having me, man, at any time, any time. All right, man, it's not a problem. Thanks again, man.
1: Chilling back, giving advice I buy my girl shit, it don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Lay money, I just tell in advance I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance I'm in a stricter like fuck it. They just trying to make some bucks Love when I slap down my ones, But it bounce like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see that With a J, we be on the same team I want a ball like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean when I'm blowing I'm on the net. net. Girls doing shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing I'm on the net. net. Girls doing shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members.